welcome to the 90th episode of the podcast F4. We're calling it that since it's easier to say than food and frightening film fanatics. Before we get started, our usual disclaimer, heavy spoilers ahead. Turn back now if you haven't seen these movies. This week, we're covering the eight movies of the Leprechaun franchise. I probably should have done this back around St. Patrick's Day, but to be honest, at that point, I couldn't bring myself to watch or rewatch all eight movies. So here we go. The first Leprechaun's from 1993. Director and screenwriter Mark Jones, producer Mark Ammon, and Jeffrey uh, B. Malian, starring Jennifer Aniston from Friends fame in her film debut as Tori, and Mark Holton as Ozzy. You probably remember him from Pee Wee's Playhouse, and Warwick Davis as the Leprechaun, and he also makes a few other cameos. Uh, Davis will star as the Leprechaun in all of these movies up to Back to the Hood. Leprechaun 2 from 1994. So one year later, director Rodman Flinders, screenwriter Trey Mayer, Al Septian, producer, was Jones again, starring Charlie Health as Cody, Siobhan Durkin as Bridget, and Sandy Barron as Morty, and you may remember he was also on Seinfeld. Leprechaun 3 from 1995, so one year later again, after the low box office numbers of Leprechaun 2, everything else was released on video on demand. The directors for Leprechaun 3 and 4 are Brian Trenchard-Smith, the screenwriters David Dubois, producer again Mark um, Ammon, uh, also Jeff Jeffrey, Walter Joston, and Henry Segerman, starring um, John, I think it's Gattens as Scott, Lee Armstrong as Tammy, Caroline Williams as Loretta, and you, of course, remember her from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Halloween 2, Hatchet 3, Stepfather 2, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, and also starring John Demita as Fazio and Michael Calton as Mitch. Leprechaun 4, In Space, that's the title of it, from 1997, so three years later. Same director, screenwriter, Dennis A. Pratt, same producers, starring Rebecca uh, Carlto as Princess Arena, Brent Jasmer as Staff Sergeant uh, Books Malloy, Jessica Collins as Dr. Tina Reeves, Guy Siner as Dr. Mittenhand slash Mittenspider. More on that later. Um, and the fifth movie is from 2000, so that's three years later, Leprechaun in the Hood. Um, director Rob Spira, story by Doug Hall and some other people, screenplay by Doug Hall and John Huffman, producers Bruce David, Ryzen, and a few other people, starring Ice-T as Mac Daddy Onassis. This is before, um... His Law and Order SVU days. Anthony Montgomery. Uh, he was, you probably remember him most from Star Trek Enterprise as Postmaster P. Rashawn Nall as Stray Bullet. Red Grant as Butch. And Lobo um, Sebastian as Fontaine Rivera. The sixth movie is Leprechaun Back to the Hood. So 2003, three years later. Director and screenwriter, Stephen, I'm going to mess up his last name. Uh, I'll just spell it. A-R-A-Y-R-O-M-L-O-O-I. Producers, Mike Utton, etc. Starring Tangie Miller's Emily, Laz Alonzo as Rory, Paige Kennedy as Jamie, and Sherry Jackson as Lisa. The seventh movie is called Leprechaun Origins from... 2014, so what's that, nine years later? This is actually considered a series reboot. It was produced by WWE, it's in uh, Worldwide Wrestling. Um, producer was, uh, what's his name? I think it's Chad Lepofsky. Sorry, I messed that up. Screenwriter Harris Wilkinson. 
Producers Chris Foss and Michael Luisi, starring Dylan Postel um, as the Leprechaun, and he played a character called Hornswoggle in WWE, who was an Irish character. Um, so he has taken over for from Warwick Davis here. Also starring Stephanie Bennett as Sophie, Andrew Dunbar as Ben, Brendan Fletcher as David, Melissa Roxborough as Jenny, Gary Chalk as Hamish, and Teach Grant as Histon Sean. And the last movie is Leprechaun Returns from 2018. So four years later, this is considered a sequel only to the original movie, a la Halloween. It is a sci-fi made-for-TV movie. Producer Stephen Kostansky, screenwriter Suzanne Kelly, producers Adam Friedlander, Darren Camerson, starring Linda Lyndon Porco as Lep, so he took over as the Leprechaun. Taylor Spread here as Lila Jenkins, who is Tori Redding's daughter. Um, Pepe Sanunga as Katie. Uh, Saya Bennett as Rose Emily. Reed as Meredith. Ben McGregor as Andy. Um, and Lillian Jenkins as Matthew. Where can you find these movies? The first Leprechaun's on Netflix. It's also available for the user three to four dollars each on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Apple TV, or Vudu. I also heard that a bunch of these Leprechaun movies are on Peacock. I don't uh, subscribe to that streaming service, but uh, I saw that listed somewhere. If you do, uh, Amazon has Leprechaun One, Two, Three, Four, and Origins currently available to free for members. The rest is four dollars each there in the usual spots. Tubi has Leprechaun 2 for free, and none of these movies are on Hulu, Shudder, Pluto, or HBO, even though I think they were all on HBO at some point, probably around St. Patrick's Day. Rotten Tomato scores. The first movie, critics gave it 27, audiences gave it 32, so not starting very high at all. Leprechaun 2, critics gave it a 6, that's a single digit. Audiences gave it a 29. Leprechaun 3. Not rated by critics. Remember, this that's the first movie that was VOD. The audiences gave it a 34%. Leprechaun 4 in space. Critics gave it a 17. Audiences gave it a 21. Fifth movie, Leprechaun in the Hood. Critics gave it a 33%. Audiences gave it a 32%. That's the second highest in the series. And then Leprechaun Back to the Hood. Critics gave it a 20. Audiences gave it a 30, so not horrible. Leprechaun Origin. Critics gave it a 0. Audiences gave it 11%. Can't get much lower than 0. And lastly, Leprechaun Returns. Critics gave it a 50%. Audiences gave it a 43%, which is the highest rating of any of these eight movies. On to the plot. Uh, and basically, it is a leprechaun has his gold stolen and will do anything necessary to get it back. Lep is played, as I said earlier, by Warwick Davis in all of the movies except for Leprechaun Origins, which was Dylan Postal, Hornswoggle, and Leprechaun Returns uh, by Lyndon Porco. Now, there is a theory that this is not the same leprechaun in all of these movies, that it's actually different leprechauns who all happen to be have been played by the same actor in all but two movies. So this would explain the inconsistencies in the various movies. So after reading that, I'm like, okay, now this makes sense because I had no idea how where this leprechaun was going. Once he died, then he wasn't dead, then he got burned up, then he got blown up. You know, so that makes much more sense. So for the, uh, as usual for the plot, I'm going to read the IMDb brief synopsis and then just talk about the movie real quick since there's so many of them. Leprechaun from 1993, IMDb says, An evil, sadistic leprechaun named Lubden in the credits goes on a killing rampage in search of his beloved pot of gold. So a guy steals the lep's gold and returns home to North Dakota, but the lep follows him and Lep kills a guy's wife 
and he is eventually trapped in a crate with a four-leaf clover on top of it uh, by the guy right before he has a stroke. So fast forward a few years, a teenager or young adult, Jennifer Aniston, and her father rent the house, and a mentally challenged man, Ozzy, um, works with the guy that's working on the house and then a younger kid. So Ozzy accidentally frees the leprechaun from the crate, and the leprechaun does what he normally does. Um, there are a bunch of fun scenes in this movie, including Aniston and crew throwing shoes at the leprechaun in order to escape because he's really obsessed with shining shoes. Um, the leprechaun roller skating behind a car. Uh, at one point, he's chasing Aniston in a wheelchair, and he's on a skateboard. And he also, in probably the most memorable death, Pogo sticks a guy to death by jumping on his chest while he dies. This leads him to making one of the many rhymes that he makes. So I'll just play you a quick audio of it now. So in the end, um, the kid in the movie, sorry, I can't remember his name, ends up shooting a four-leaf clover down the leprechaun's throat, which makes his skin fall off for some reason. He falls backwards into a well. Then they pour some gasoline down it and set it on fire and it explodes. And they think leprechaun is gone for good, but we know he's not because there's seven more movies to go. Leprechaun 2 should also be named Leprechaun Needs a Bride. IMDb says on his 1,000th birthday, an evil leprechaun selects the descendant of one of his slaves to have as his bride, leaving it up to the girl's boyfriend to save her. This time around, we forget about the four-leaf clover that fins off leprechauns and instead move to wrought iron, which I didn't know anything about. However, I read somewhere later that wrought iron was supposed to help fend off lots of uh, historical magical creatures like fairies and stuff. So I guess that's where it came from. So in this movie, if you steal a piece of the leprechaun's gold, he has to grant you three wishes. However, it's one of those monkey paw situations where just because he's granting you a wish doesn't mean it's going to turn out the way you think it does. This one's funny because um, you see Leprechaun driving his own little tricked-out go-kart, so that's fun. Um, Leprechaun also tricks a kid into putting his face into a lawnmower blade because he thinks it's a girl's boobs. That's pretty gnarly. Um, Lep is uh, hit with wrought iron, as we said, stabbed with wrought iron, and he eventually blows up. I personally found the characters in this one pretty irritating, the main characters. So this is one of my least favorite movies. Not, not the number one least favorite, but it's way down there on the list. Leprechaun 3, also known as Leprechaun in Vegas. IMDb says, An evil leprechaun finds himself in Las Vegas where he proceeds to cause mischief by killing people, granting twisted wishes, and infecting a young woman with his green a young man with his green blood. Leprechaun shows up in the form of a statue with a medallion around his neck, and the guy who brings it into the pawn shop says do not take the medallion off. You probably should listen to the guy because he was like missing an arm, a leg, and an eye, and he was in a hurry to get way out of town. But the pawn shop owner of course takes it off. Leprechaun comes to life. Um, there's an extended scene at the beginning of the movie where they fight over his gold. Um, Leprechaun eventually strangles the guy with a phone cord and then off he goes. Um, I, I personally thought that scene was way too long. They could have cut that down. This time around, if a leprechaun bites you, you turn into some sort of weird leprechaun-human hybrid. Um... Remember, Leprechaun bit the father in the first movie, and he went to the hospital and was never seen again, so we don't know if he turned into some sort of Leprechaun creature or not. Again, this time around, if you have a piece of gold, you get three wishes, and a kid from out of town blows $25,000 of his college money at a casino, and he gets a piece of gold, so he starts making wishes, 
and things start off well but quickly go downhill. Um, Caroline Williams, who we already said, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, etc., um, plays a woman in this movie who is a dealer at the casino, and she wishes uh, she steals the piece of gold from the kid. She wishes for big boobs and lips, and she gets them, but she gets, uh, yeah, they're so big they expl- she explodes. Uh, that was quite a scene. And then we have uh, her boss, who uh, is mesmerized by some, I don't know, 1-800-SEX-LINE person on TV or something. Anyway, he ends up fooling around with what turns out to be a weirdo sex robot. And then Tammy, who works for a magician as a magician's assistant, goes to the hospital uh, with Scott after he turns into the leprechaun hybrid. Um, Incidentally, when he does turn into that, when he's still at the casino, he orders every potato dish that they have at the buffet, which is really, really funny, I think. Um, The medical staff there sees that Scott has some strange disease because his blood is green, and Fazio ends up with Lip Schilling, so he heads to his magic show. Fazio is the magician, and then Lip shows up as his assistant and actually literally saws him in half before the audience starts screaming and running away. In the end, the two lovebirds destroy the pot of gold, which also destroys Lip, since he rises into the air for some reason and spins around and bursts into flames. So that's the end of that movie. Leprechaun 4 in space. IMDb says, Our deadly leprechaun in space is in space to woo a beautiful princess who is impressed with his gold and desires to separate him from it. I'll tell you off the bat, this one is a mess. It's basically an alien ripoff. And I think it's the first of a couple of different leprechaun movies that probably they just had a script lying around and then tried to shoehorn Leprechaun in in some way when it actually has nothing to do with the plot whatsoever. That's uh, something similar that they did, as you'll recall, in a couple of Hellraiser movies. So in this one, we never know how Leprechaun got to space. It's in the future, like 2096 or somewhere around in there. Um, Yeah, we don't know. He's more considered like an alien here instead of a Leprechaun. So submarines have to rear the planet of something. As I said, they never call him a leprechaun, but that's what they're going to do. Meanwhile, Lep is trying to court a space princess so he can be king. There's a weird Dr. Mittenhand who is something uh, like a top half of him, like top part of his chest and his head, and then the rest of him is a machine. You'd have to see it. Um, Lep is blown up by the Marines. So we're like, well, that's probably not the end of him since it's halfway through the movie. And uh, a guy, one of the Marines, ends up peeing on him. What's left of the parts? A bad idea because a little bit later, the lap comes out of the guy's intestines and is able to reconfigure himself. So, uh, yeah, you heard that right. There are some genetic experiments going on with Mittenhand. Somehow he ends up becoming Mitten Spider. Because why not? He's a giant spider with his head on it. Sergeant Hooker turns out to be a cyborg, but nobody cares because it really doesn't have anything, doesn't change anything in the plot. Lep at one point is very, very small. Then he ends up gigantic when he's hit with a ray gun. Then he's sucked out into outer space a la aliens where he breaks apart into individual pieces but his hand floats by and gives everybody the finger the plot made absolutely no sense whatsoever in this movie and the special effects are really bad on to the next movie leprechaun in the hood as i said ice t pre law and order svu is in this one and imdb says When three rappers want to get even with a pimp, they accidentally unleash a leprechaun who goes on a killing spree in the hood. Um, Interestingly, the intro to this movie is the exact same intro to the first movie, so I'm not sure if we're supposed to remember that or uh, they just uh, didn't have any more money to do a different intro. 
This time we have yet another leprechaun statue with a medallion around his neck. Remember, we already saw that in Vegas. Except this time the statue is green. We also have a magic flute in the mix. I never remember anything in leprechaun mythology about a flute, but whatever. This one appears to be set in the 1970s, we think. Um, Mac Daddy, who's Ice-T, becomes a music mogul thanks to the magic flute, and he keeps the leprechaun statue in his office. I will tell you, when they find the flute initially and the leprechaun gets loose, there's a fun fight scene between Ice-T and the leprechaun in which Ice-T pulls out all sorts of crazy stuff out of his afro to fight uh, the leprechaun with, including at one point a little bat. So that was pretty funny. I wish the movie had been able to keep up that kind of comedy, and it did in a couple of places, but um, yeah, it didn't quite make it. So there's three guys, Postmaster P, Butch, and Stray Bullet, and they want to make it big in the hip-hop uh, world. They audition for Mac Daddy, and he turns them down because they have like a positive message and he says they have to talk about shooting people and stuff. And so they get mad and decide to rob him. One of the things that's problematic about this movie is a depiction of transsexuals, Miss Fontaine. Uh, this movie is pretty transphobic, uh, just so you know. Um, so I wish that part had been excluded or written differently. There are a lot of pot jokes in this movie, including pot that's laced with four-leaf clovers that they eventually use to knock Lip out. Coolio makes a quick cameo for some reason. Uh, bonus points to Lip in this one because he ends up surviving to the end of the movie, and he does a rap in the closing credits. Despite its flaws, this movie is still better than many of its predecessors. Um, and like I said, I really like Ice-T, so I like everything he's in, and Anthony Montgomery is also, uh, very compelling to watch, um, so I definitely liked it for those two reasons. The next movie, the first one was In the Hood, now this one is Back to the Hood. IMDb says, when Emily Woodrow and her friends happen on a treasure chest full of gold coins, they fail to heed the warnings of the wise and old psychic who has foretold that they would encounter trouble with a very nasty and protective leprechaun. The acting is much better in this movie. There are some fun kills, including when the cop gets his leg chopped off, but he doesn't know it. Um, other than that, it's really the usual setup, as you know. And up with Leprechaun's Gold, they spend it on stuff they want to. Things don't necessarily work out the way they thought they would. The Leprechaun comes back to try to take back his gold. All in all, I enjoyed the movie, though. It was much better than Leprechaun in Space or Leprechaun 2. Now, a completely different direction on this one, Leprechaun Origins. IMDb says, not related to the previous Leprechaun films. Two young couples backpacking through Ireland discover that one of Ireland's most famous legends is a terrifying reality. This is another movie that seems to be a generic horror movie in which they just happen to throw the leprechaun in and it's not even a real leprechaun. So these kids are visiting Ireland. They kind of go into this village that's off the beaten path. They meet this guy and his son. The guy says they can visit some really cool uh, archaeological whatever stones. Um, and he takes them to this place and says they can spend the night in this house. So actually what happens is he locks them in the house for this creature that's supposed to be a leprechaun to come and eat. Apparently they keep feeding this creature ever so often so it doesn't go into the village and try to eat the people there. Um, and I'm like, seriously, you backpackers couldn't see any of this coming? Um, again, the leprechaun has nothing to do with the previous leprechauns. This one looks like something out of uh, the movie The Descent. Um, or I heard one guy describe it as, um, I think it's from Boots to Reboots. It was the aborted love child of Pumpkinhead. So that's another good description. You very rarely ever see the creature. And then when you do, you're like, that's it. Um, so that was very disappointing. Um he also makes sounds like a line for no apparent reason. So, 
I like the Leprechaun. Obviously, you can tell from what I've just said. That has cute little outfits and does snappy little rhymes and kills people. I don't like this Leprechaun at all. And I'm not sure why WWE even spent the movie, the money to make this movie. And lastly, Leprechaun Returns. As I said, it's a sequel only to the first movie. IMDb says, the Leprechaun Returns once again with a group of girls unwittingly awaken him after they tear down a cabin so that they can build a new sorority house. So it's 25 years after the first Leprechaun movie and Mark Holton is back as Ozzy. And here we get Jennifer Aniston's character, Tori, her daughter, Lila, uh, who goes to the sorority house to meet her sorority sisters. And as we said, they're refurbishing the house that Tori and her father previously lived in in the first Leprechaun movie. They make a point to say there's no electricity, water, or internet, which um, they're adding solar panels and doing all the work themselves, which I personally appreciated that women were actually doing something useful in a horror movie instead of screaming and falling down. I also liked it that they created kind of a reason why you couldn't just call for help. Um... Or do a few other things, which is always the problem in horror movies. Uh, we find out that um, Lila's mother, Tori, died a year earlier. She said she had mental health issues because she's always talking about the leprechaun. And that she eventually died of cancer. Ozzy ends up ingesting some of the well water where, as you call, recall, the rep leprechaun in the first movie was blown to smithereens. So he's trapped in there. And then Leprechaun ends up bursting out of his belly. So there's intestines everywhere. That's quite a kill. And he's off uh, to see who else he can kill. There are some really fun scenes in this movie. Uh, there are a lot of people taking selfies with the Leprechaun, which is crazy. Uh, a guy is sliced in half by a solar panel and then kind of slides off of both sides. The Leprechaun at one point is chasing them and their electric car, which can't go too fast. Um, and he's riding on a drone, so that's fun. The Leprechaun's shoe fetish is back, so I enjoyed that, as uh, one of the girls is trying to fend him off by just throwing all of her shoes out of the closet at him. Uh, the Leprechaun looks different here. I prefer the original look, um, but this one kind of has a more of a hooked nose. His uh, skin's a different color. Um, he's got yellow eyes. I mean, it's not horrible, but I just like the, the original better. Um, and, of course, the kids think they can defeat him. But the leprechaun has said previously that you have to destroy every part of a leprechaun or they will regenerate. And sure enough, they blow him up, but he turns into a bunch of little tiny leprechauns that transform into uh, a whole leprechaun. And that's kind of a, a la Evil Dead. Remember that Evil Dead scene? And um, they trap him with iron objects because, remember, iron hurts him. Um, so they make a little circle with things that they have around the house that are made of iron uh, to trap him. And then they end up, let's see, well, blow him up with clover water and a hose down his throat. Then they set the place on fire um, because they remember gold is a conductor, and then the house blows up. They, the Lily and, uh, let's see, who else is it that survives with her? Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but they end up getting out of the house, and then the house is blown to smithereens, and then a guy from, I guess, a sorority comes to take them, uh, away and you think the leprechaun is dead but of course he is not because in the final scene we see a charred leprechaun hitching a ride on the back of a truck carrying a bunch of chickens so we think he might be off to Bismarck North Dakota which is where one of the girls traded in all of his gold to get the stuff to renovate the house with so he's we think he's headed to a pawn shop in Bismarck North Dakota so that's it for the plot. Um, on to trivia, there's probably too much trivia in here given the number of movies, so I may skip some of this, but uh, hopefully I can hit the highlights. So 
There's a fun video on YouTube that describes the Leprechaun's various outfits in each of these movies. It's a lot of fun. It's called The Evolution of Leprechaun slash Lubden, animated from Tell It Animated. So it's it's short, you know, like mm, six, seven minutes. So I definitely suggest checking that out. That's a fun synopsis of the difference in Leprechaun, including even the size of the stripes on his little socks. A possible crossover. Leprechaun versus Candyman. Um, there are a couple of articles around the internet, and one of them is called Leprechaun versus Candyman, the horror icon crossover that almost happened. So I'm just going to read that. I think it's from Dread Central. Um, off the heels from the blockbuster summer hit in 2003, Freddy versus Jason, studios were eager to cash in on another crossover, so they started throwing around ideas, one of which was this... Um, and it was actually pretty far along in the process as apparently a rough draft of a script was written and presented to Tony Todd himself. Tony Todd, of course, is Candyman, of which Tony Todd shut it down almost immediately, according to an interview. And I have to say I agree with him because Candyman is much more serious villain and one of the few um, villains, um, people of color, as villains. And Leprechaun is more of a comedy, so I don't think those two are going to work together at all, um, even though it's a crazy idea. Um, I think it would do a disservice to Candyman, and of course Candyman is being rebooted currently by Jordan Peele. Um, so yeah, I don't think that would work. Um, there was also talk of Leprechaun in a Wild West reboot, so that would be fun. If that happened. First Leprechaun movie. One scene required the Leprechaun to find and eat Lucky Charm cereal. Jenner Mills gave their permission, but they were so upset when they saw the finished film that they revoked their permission. The filmmakers reshot the scene, replacing the brand name with an obvious spoof. They also changed the kid's line at the end from Your Luck Just Ran Out to Fuck You, Lucky Charms. Also, interestingly, in the Leprechaun origin, that's what the, the final girl says to the Leprechaun 2 before she chops off his head. According to Warwick Davis, the movie was originally planned as a straightforward horror film, but Davis sought to add more comedic elements. Mark Jones agreed with the tonal shift, and they shot it as a horror comedy. Several scenes had to be reshot after the producers insisted that the film be made gorier to appeal to older audiences. George Lucas received a special thanks credit because Warwick Davis was under contract to him and he gave Davis permission to appear in the film. Warwick Davis stated um, that Jennifer Aniston has been uh, quoted as regretting doing the movie but because of her appearing in the movie before she got famous, many people rented the film and it spawned a lengthy series of sequels. Uh, the cameos I mentioned before of Warwick Davis, one of them is he's in the cafe scene without his leprechaun makeup sitting beside his wife. Vice President Dan Quayle at the time received a special thanks credit because the office sped up a working visa for British actor Warwick Davis. Uh, let's see. The film was completed in uh, October 1991, but was not released until January of 1993. Uh, Mark Jones, the writer-director, had a career in American television shows. Desiring to make a film, he decided to make a low-budget horror movie and he was inspired by Lucky Charms commercials to create the Leprechaun character, only his twist was turned the character into an antagonist. He was further influenced by the film Critters, which featured small antagonists. Jones brought the concept to Trimark, who were looking to get into the film production and distribution business, and this is the first film from Trimark. Uh, Tony Cox, one of Warwick Davis's stunt doubles, later appeared in Leprechaun 2. Uh, yeah, he later appeared in Leprechaun 2, and he was also 
Another stunt double, Deep Roy, later appeared in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, Mark Davis, I guess, fought for Jennifer Aniston to be in the movie, in the original movie. And Warwick Davis had experienced a dry spell after playing the protagonist in Willow before this movie. Despite the poor reviews, the film has developed into a cult classic and, of course, is played every St. Patrick's Day. The makeup for Warwick Davis took three hours per day to put on, and it took about 40 minutes to take off. He described the experience as, quote, not a pleasant sensation to pass the time while the makeup was being applied. He said he had bizarre conversations with Gabriel Bartalis, with whom he got along well with, um, who was the makeup artist. Shooting occurred over three weeks, and it was done at Valencia Studios, where Terminator 2 Judgment Day had recently finished production. A few scenes were filmed at Big Sky Ranch, where Little House on the Prairie, the Waltons, uh, was shot. The budget on this movie was a little under a million dollars. And Leprechaun is an adaptation of um, the comic of the same name. It was uh, that came out in the 1980s, and the comic starred a character Dan O'Grady who steals the pot of gold from the goblins in Ireland. And, of course, the guy that stole it in this one is named Dan O'Grady as well. The body count in this movie is four, which is pretty small for a horror movie. Leprechaun 2 is the only Leprechaun film to take place on St. Patrick's Day. Denise Richards, ex of Charlie Sheen, was a major contender for the role of Bridget. Last film in the series to be given a theatrical release until Leprechaun Origins. Uh, let's see what else we got here. I had an alternate title as an inside joke, One Wedding and Lots of Funerals. The One of Us chant, which the little people sing while at the bar, is a tribute to a similar scene from Todd Browning's 1932, The Freaks. If you haven't seen that movie, I highly suggest it. Even though it uh, seems to, I think it ruined poor Todd Browning's career after that. One of the discarded drafts focused on how the leprechauns would take revenge on Tori, tricking her into marrying him. Jennifer Aniston was offered $25,000, but she refused to retake her character because she was focused on the series Friends. Originally, it was planned to film Leprechaun 2 and 3 back-to-back with Bridget, Cody, Ian, and Mandy returning for Part 3. The studio later scrapped the idea to film Leprechaun 3 immediately afterwards, resulting in most of the Leprechaun 2 footage being scrapped and rewritten before reshoots. Um, The title of the treatment was Trial of the Leprechaun, and it picked up right after The Bride of the Leprechaun ended with Bridget and Cody outside the leprechaun's lair after it exploded. Just as they leave and make plans to get food, the police arrive and arrest Cody for the murders of all the people that the leprechaun killed. Bridget tries to help the police, um, but of course they don't believe her. Bridget starts working together with Mandy to look for a lawyer to represent Cody. And blah, 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 blah. I won't read the rest of it. Heather Langenkamp. Nightmare on Elm Street was offered the role of Bridget. Cody advised Clint Howard's character to get some ice cream if he's too scared. In the 1995 movie, one year after this movie, Howard starred in The Ice Cream Man, which it's funny because that's what I watched right before I um, started this. I watched a riff track version, though, which I would suggest. Um, won't read about the subplots again or the differences. Reshoots reduced Ian's role to two scenes, giving Morty more to do and the characters 
Lyle and Mandy were cut out completely. The body count in this movie is five, so we're going up a little bit. And on to Leprechaun 3. Before I do that, I want to play just another quick clip of the Leprechaun um, saying that he wants his gold. On to Leprechaun 3. Warwick Davis says this is his favorite out of the series because he liked the humor in it. I think it tapped into the potential of bringing a comedic element to it all. And Brian Trenchard-Smith, who directed that one, is an incredible director. He managed to get so much out of so little money, and that was what was great about working with him. He really got the humor. This movie was filmed in 14 days, and it became the highest-selling direct-to-video film in 1995. As Scott enters the casino, Warwick Davis can be seen making a cameo without makeup playing the slot machines. According to an article in Fangoria magazine from April 1994, the movie was first considered for release in 3D. By the time the movie began production, the idea was abandoned. The leprechaun shillings bear the imprint of Charles III of Spain. And Night of Demons 2 from 1994, which was also directed by Brian Treacher Smith, stars Merle Kennedy, Zoe Trilling, and Rod McCrary can be spotted in the casino. Rod McCrary is dressed as a priest as a homage to that film. Mitch tells Tammy that she's fired and will never get a job in show business again. Weird coincidence, Lee Armstrong, who played Tammy, never acted again until recently in a film. The original plot and route Leprechaun 3 almost went was entirely different. The working title was The Trial of the Leprechaun, which, as I mentioned, um, there's more extensive info on the plot if you're interested. The body count in this movie is 9, so it's going up. And Leprechaun 4 in space. The title character is never once in the movie referred to as a leprechaun. He's only called alien, monster, bastard, or some combination thereof. According to Dave Trippett, the executive in charge of production for the first three movies, the film originally started as a spoof of Apollo 13. A senior Trimark executive saw the promo for Apollo 13 and immediately had artwork made up replacing Tom Hanks' face on the poster with the leprechaun's face. And this is what started the script work for the movie. The sound of the doors opening and closing are taken from the original Doom video game, where it was the sound of the elevators. Leprechaun in this movie uses a lightsaber. Warwick Davis himself has appeared in several Star Wars movies, most notably as Wicket the Ewok in Star Wars Episode VI, Return of the Jedi. This film, oh yep, here's the date, I think I said this, uh, takes place in 2096. This film, of course, had the same director as Leprechaun 3. At about eight minutes into the film, two Millennial Falcon Toys can be seen painted into the walls of the dropship. Leprechaun 4 in Space is the first film in the series to have a subtitle after the number. Of the 17 characters listed in the end credits, only five, including the computer voice, survive to the end of the movie. The body count here is 10. So still going up. I will say, you know, this, this movie had a lot of crazy ideas that might have been that might have worked if they had taken a different route, but as it is, it's just like they just do everything in the wall to see what would stick. And it's um, it's not so bad it's good. It's so bad it's just bad, I'm afraid. Next up, Leprechaun in the Hood. Had the closest release date to St. Patrick's Day. Was released to DVD March 28, 2000. Last entry to be released by Trimark. This is the fifth film in the Leprechaun series, although the number five doesn't appear anywhere in the title. And it is the first film in the series where the Leprechaun is not killed at the end. Leprechaun 2, Back to the Hood. Last entry in the Leprechaun series to feature Warwick Davis's Leprechaun. The Leprechaun has a new outfit in the movie, um, giving him a more demonic look. Several of the Leprechaun's lines reflect earlier Leprechaun movies. The, quote, damn Clover's line and the eye for an eye, my dear, were used in the original. This is the only movie where we see the leprechauns bare feet.
And also, this is the sixth film in the Leprechaun series, although the number six does not appear anywhere in the title or credits. Um, actually, in the opening credits, after it says Leprechaun on the book, it opens and it says Chapter 6. Leprechaun 5 and the Hood director, Bob Spear, was involved with this project in its early stages and came up with two proposed stories, one set in Venice Beach and another set on an island during spring break. However, the negative reaction to the previous film resulted in the producers insisting that the film be again set in the inner city with a cast primarily made up of rappers. Not wanting to rehash the previous film, Spear left and was replaced by Stephen, and I'm sorry I missed I can't say your name. A-Y-R-O-M-L-O-O-I. Leprechaun Origins. The character of the Leprechaun in Origins is inspired by subterranean mole rats, not by Darby O'Gill's little people like previous films. Despite having very little screen time and no dialogue, star Dylan Postel stated that he had never seen any of the previous Leprechaun films and he had since chosen not to view any as he wanted his performance to be his own creation without the influences on prior films. Well, that's fine because it didn't have anything to do with the rest of the franchise. So there you go. When WWE Studios announced they were rebooting the series as a vehicle for actual WWE superstar... Hornswoggle, many fans assumed he would be picking up the mantle and buckle shoes vacated by Warwick Davis and ushering in a new era of Wise Acre Ghoul. But the film revealed the Leprechaun had nothing in common to do with the series at all, which I just said, but I'm just going to keep saying it. The first film in the series to be released in theaters, although limited theatrical run since Leprechaun 2. And, as I said before, the line, Fuck you, Lucky Charms, that is said by Sophie before she kills the leprechaun, is the same line that was said by Alex in the original film. And I will say here as part of that, you know, how she killed the leprechaun was she just sliced off his head with a knife. So, I'm not sure why somebody couldn't do that long before she showed up. It didn't seem very hard to kill that leprechaun. Leprechaun Returns. Jennifer Aniston congratulates Steve Kostansky for continuing the original story of the Leprechaun. She reported that she nor any of her former co-stars were contacted to participate in any of the previous sequels. Except, I guess, for the guy that played Ozzy. Direct sequel to the original film and ignores all the other sequels. This was filmed in Cape Town, South Africa. Warwick Davis, who portrayed Leprechaun in the previous installments, was offered the chance to reprise his role, but declined. He said his view of the genre had changed significantly since he had become a father, and he doesn't think he'll appear in any more horror films, although I saw where he said somewhere later, maybe when his kids turn 18. The sorority house in Alpha Upsilon, abbreviated AU, gold is AU on the periodic table of elements. And we already said Mark Holton is back as Ozzy in this one. Lionsgate initially tried to contact Jennifer Aniston to return her character for Tory. However, the production company clarified that an economic agreement was not reached with the actress, so she ended up being replaced. Well, I mean, that's just the opposite of what I read about what she said, so who knows. Initially, the project was to be distributed by Sci-Fi on the television network. However, it had some problems with Lionsgate. Regarding the release of the DVD, Lionsgate owns the series and the character created by Mark Jones, while Sci-Fi alone would be responsible for distributing the film. When Jennifer Aniston refused to assume her role as Tori Redding, the production company contacted Heather McDonald to replace her by imitating her voice. So it's just a voiceover of uh, the leprechaun imitating her voice in order to try to sneak up on her daughter. Mark Jones was initially in the project as one of the executive producers. However, he withdrew from the film for salary reasons. Joan did not participate in the Leprechaun series since the fifth film where he wrote some characters. Alternate titles considered were Leprechaun Lives, Leprechaun Flatulence, <laughs> Leprechaun Renewable Enemy, a pun on renewable energy, Um, Lyndon Porco, who played Lubden in this film, is known for having lent his participation in the 2006 um, 
Littleman movie performing the Calvin scenes. I don't know what that means. Hmm. I don't know. News reports online claim Warwick Davis is taking a break from horror movies. Blah, blah, blah. The same thing I just said. This film tries to correct the plot errors and plot holes that established the sequels of the original film. Errors like Lubden dies by explosion or fire, being that it's capable of regenerating itself, or the fact that it never left the well, um, so could not have appeared in the Leprechaun 2 movie. The facts of this film take place 25 years later. This is the only film where Lubden has heterochromia, that is, eyes of different colors. I didn't know that. I didn't notice that one. Uh, why you should watch these movies. Well, I would suggest watching the first movie, even though it's hokey. Uh, I think Warwick Davis does a really good job. Um, I like that he infuses a leprechaun with a lot of comedy. And I like Leprechaun's foot fetish, which is pretty funny. Some of the humor, other humor works, some of it doesn't, but there's enough that works that uh, I enjoyed it. And then after that, I would suggest watching Leprechaun Returns, since it's very self-aware and fun and brings back some of the key elements of the first movie. Um, then, if you want more movies, I would suggest checking out Leprechaun in the Hood, even though... Yes, the transphobia in that movie is problematic. Um, I, again, I wish that wasn't there. Because um, other than that, I enjoyed the movie. Um, and if you want to see another movie after that, I would suggest Leprechaun in Vegas. Um, some people put that at the very top of their favorite Leprechaun movies when they rank them. Uh, I did like it. I just liked a few others better. And after that, I would suggest skipping the rest, especially the horrible Leprechaun in Space and the Perplexing Origins, which has nothing to do with anything. So that's why I would suggest watching the movies, and or what I would suggest. And it should come as no surprise that the food I'm going with this week is traditional Irish food. So I'm just going to hit a couple of highlights of some things from a website called bbcgoodfood.com uh, and it's foods to try in Ireland. Number one, soda bread. Every family in Ireland has their own recipe for soda bread, handwritten on flour, crusted note paper, and wedged into a cookbook. Some like it sweet with a spoonful of honey, sugar, or dried fruits. Others prefer sprinkled in seeds, bran, and oat for a health boost, uh, or treachle and Guinness for the opposite effect. The basic ingredients are always the same, though. Bicarbonate of soda and buttermilk form the re uh, raising agent, which is mixed in with flour. Uh, shellfish. Visit Ireland outside of summer, and your chances of seeing the sun may be slim. On the plus side, you'll be able to feast on the West Coast plump native oysters, which come into season in September. Um, shellfish abound in Irish cuisine from clams um, to cockles and mussels to Dublin Bay prawns, which also have their own festival. Irish stew. This is probably the one you remember most. Um, traditionally made with mutton, onions, and potatoes, the addition of carrots can be a divisive issue. To avoid the stew being watery, some recipes recommend adding pearl barley, a spoonful of ropes, R-O-U-X, or sliced potatoes, while others reduce the liquid by leaving the stew to simmer. These days you're likely to find Irish stew made with lamb, as the more flavorful mutton is harder to come by with stock and herbs such as thyme, parsley, and bay leaves, adding depth of flavor. Uh, I think it's Colcannon and Champ, C-O-L-C-A-N-N-O-N. Potatoes transformed the Irish diet when they were introduced from the New World in the late 16th century. Um, 
Potatoes are still a staple of most mealtime traditional dishes ranging popular. Colcannon is a classic comforting mash of potatoes, cabbage, or kale, and butter or cream flavored with spring onions. Champ is a similar mashed potato favorite flavored with spring onions, milk, and butter. Boxty, B-O-X-T-Y. Potato dumplings, potato pancakes, and potato bread are all descriptors for boxty. Some say the name originates from the Irish phrase, I won't even try to read that, but it means poor house bread. The recipe calls for grated raw potato to be mixed with mashed potatoes and then either mixed with flour and salt and boiled before being sliced and fried into butter, called boxty dumplings, added to a pancake-like batter before being fried, boxty on the pan, or added to a pancake-like batter before being baked into a loaf tin and then sliced and fried, called boxty in the oven. Whatever you choose, your boxty can be teamed with just about anything, tried alongside bacon and eggs and smoked salmon. And smoked salmon is actually on this list. The oak smoked salmon from uh, the Burren Smokehouse, the Beechwood smoked salmon from the Coromera Smokehouse, and the unusual turf smoked salmon from the Haven Smokehouse are all worth checking out if you're in Ireland. And the last one on the list here is black and white pudding. If you order pudding in Ireland, you are not going to get what you think you're going to get. It's not what we consider pudding. So the Irish weren't the ones to discover the delights of black pudding, which is pork meat, fat, and blood mixed with barley, suet, and oatmeal in an intensely flavored sausage. White pudding, similar but minus the blood, may be less common around the globe, but no full Irish breakfast would be complete without a slice of each. Beyond breakfast, black pudding is just as likely to appear on the menu of smart Irish restaurants nowadays, served with sautéed scallops, in croquettes, under poached eggs, in salads, and as a garnish to soups. Um, I lied. I actually have two more, so I'm going to read those real quick because I don't. I didn't know what they are before I read this. So coddle, C-O-D-D-L-E. With roots as a working-class Dublin dish, the word coddle comes from the slow simmering or coddling of ingredients in a one-pot stew. The leftovers at the end of the week will be slowly stewed in the oven for weeks, for hours, with slices of pork sausage packed in alongside bacon razors and leftover boiled bacon and sliced potatoes and onions. And lastly, barmbrack. Enthusiasts make this fruity, tea loaf all year round, serving it smothered in butter with a cup of tea in the afternoon. It's at Halloween, however, that you'll find a charm in your slice foretelling the future. Um, a rag foretelling bad luck or poverty. A ring meant you to be wed within a year. A pea that you would be wed in the coming year. A coin brought wealth. And a stick foretold quarrels. Raisins candied peel. Uh, sometimes steeped overnight in black tea and whiskey and mixed spice all go into the mix. So that's a few traditional Irish dishes that I didn't know about. Uh, you might be familiar with some or all of them. I'll put the link in the show notes and where to find us. We're on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please give us a five-star rating if you like what you're hearing. We need all the help we can get. We're also on Twitter at Food and Fright. Contact us by email at foodandfright at gmail.com or check out our website at foodandfrighteningfilmfanatics.podbean.com. That's it for this week. I've seen enough movies uh, in one franchise, so I'm going to go something smaller next week. But I must say, upon re-watching these, um, some of them I really enjoyed. They're just f- stupid and fun. So definitely worth a watch on St. Patty's Day or one or two are worth a watch, um, you know, anytime you want something fun. So have a great week, and we will talk to you later. Watch out for leprechauns, and if you see one, definitely do not take his gold. Take care.